Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to the Literary Salon podcast. I'm Damien Barr, welcoming you to another Salon exclusive, where you get to be the first to hear about the upcoming books that we are most excited about. Now, this next book, well, you will have heard about it already, but you may not have heard directly from the author. The Great Gordon is by the best-selling writer Meg Rossoff and it was shortlisted for the Costa Award, chosen as a Sunday Times Children's Book of the Week and an Observer Young Adult Book of the Month. The Times recommended it saying, buy it for the young person in your life and then sneak off with it yourself. I love that the Times still talks about young persons. Only the Times. So the premise of the book is that every summer in a holiday house by the English seaside our unnamed narrator and their family fill their days with games and laughter and this year they're planning a wedding. But events are interrupted when the Godden boys come to stay. A summer romance is about to blossom but as the old adage goes be generous with your love but careful with your heart. Here's Meg Rossoff to set the scene for when the boys arrive. Let's have a listen. The morning Kit and Hugo Garden arrived at the beach. Mal was playing cards with Mum. Tamsin was off at the barn with her pony. Matty was painting her nails. And Dad, Hope and I were swimming. Gomez was lying in the shade of the back garden, panting and dreaming. We all saw the car, a long black Mercedes with tinted windows. Not exactly usual around here, so we knew. I mean, we didn't know the details. What we did know was that they were coming to spend the summer with Mal and Hope, and frankly, what could cause more ecstasy than that? Maddie was as excited as she's ever been. Action at last. I was suspicious as ever. Why us? Why here? Weren't they old enough to spend the summer on their own? Didn't they have their own friends in L.A.? We converged all at once. Mattie, nails still wet. Mal from our house. Tam screeching in last on her bicycle. Hope, Mum, Dad and I were already there. Summers were spent in swimsuits under t-shirts and shorts, so we looked like a downmarket presidential reception committee, scrappy, sunburnt, and utterly outclassed. The driver of the Mercedes wore a dark suit and tie, and Florence Godden emerged from the front passenger seat as if stepping onto a red carpet, the white silk panels of her tunic floating round her like pennons. Gomez raced up, ears flapping, But to give Florence credit, she just removed one long crocheted glove, crouched down and patted him until he lost interest and went back to whatever nothing he was doing. She was 50-ish, slight and slightly gaunt in the way of fading Hollywood beauties. Dark hair perfectly styled, skin a glistening bronze, huge white sunglasses, features arranged on a grid. The expensive layers of silk flowed over long, crease-free white trousers that pooled atop white platform sandals. The sandals appeared to weigh more than she did. Matty gazed at Florence Godden in wonder, a genuine movie star, albeit one whose career had peaked long before Matty was born. My darling, sighed Florence at the sight of Hope. How long has it been? Too long, Hope said, smiling, and embraced her godmother. How wonderful to meet you all. Florence spoke with what sounded like a native English accent buried in a faux Texas drawl. I see at once that my boys will be happy here. The attention of the receiving line shifted suddenly as if following the ball in a game of tennis. 
Kit climbed out of the back seat and Maddie's expression shot into focus, something we hadn't seen in ages. For one thing, she almost never found herself the second best looking person in a crowd, so meeting Kit must have been a shock. Maddie was accustomed to admiration, having just the right amount of curve, length of leg, largeness of eye and generosity of mouth to cause men and women of all persuasions to stop, look once, look again. But Kit Garden was something else. Golden skin, thick auburn hair streaked with gold, hazel eyes flecked with gold, a kind of golden Greek statue of a youth. He wore an ancient white polo shirt with an alligator on the left breast, baggy khaki shorts and flip-flops. His longish hair sprang from his head like Medusa's snakes. Occasionally, he raked it backward with his fingers. In my memory, he seems to glow. I can shut my eyes and see how he looked to us then. Skin lit from within as if he'd spent hours absorbing sunlight, only to slow release it back into the world. His voice was golden too, low and intimate, not squabbly and peevish like ours. Kit Garden turned his gaze on each of us in turn, smiling a smile full of light. There was self-assurance in his voice and the requirement that everyone lean in a little to hear him. Maddie was introduced first, and Kit solemnly offered her his hand. I expected a flash of lightning from the collision of hot and cool, or an earthquake at the very least. Within four seconds, he had charmed her practically to death. The excitement at the center of the group fizzed over. Hugo, my darling, where are you? Florence bent over the Mercedes and removed her sunglasses to search for her second son in the farthest dark corner, finding him and grabbing his wrist so he emerged at last, brown and rather plain-looking. He unfolded himself from the back of the car, slightly hunched, taller and thinner, not athletic-looking like his brother. He wore a plain blue T-shirt and jeans with white sneakers, nothing else. No fancy cardigan or jacket or baseball cap, no sweatshirt with a logo. His face seemed slightly out of focus, his hands shoved deep in his pockets, his head turned away from the world so it was hard to get a proper bead on him. He looked bony and awkward, with big elbows and knees, like a young greyhound. You could see his relation to Kit, minus the charm, minus the glow, clearly the runt of the litter, undistinguished except for the scowl and the impression he gave of wanting to be somewhere else. Come in, come in, Malcolm said. He led everyone inside and offered drinks while Hope locked arms with Kit and Florence, looking uncharacteristically smug. A lot of names to remember, Hope said in a low voice to Kit, but you'll get it. Kit went back over the names, pinning each of us with a knowing smile, as if fabricating some not-quite-proper mnemonic. Malcolm and Mum disappeared into the kitchen, leaving Matty to gaze at Kit and Hope to set the table for lunch. Dad and Florence chatted like old cronies. Florence had her hand on Dad's arm. Her tinkly film star voice pitched in the upper registers like a French woman's. Mal fetched wine glasses and poured an Italian white that hit everyone smack on an empty stomach and made Matty start to sway, requiring a quick steadying hand from Gloria's kit and a sympathetic smile and a look on Matty's face as if her eyeballs might actually melt. Over her shoulder, Kit glanced back, catching my eye. Poker was more my game, but I could see it once that he could see at once, that I, let's just say that in that moment, he slipped between my ribs like a flick knife. 
He held my eyes slightly too long, then dipped his head and gazed at each of us in turn. The room holds its breath. My beautiful boys, said Florence, taking Kit's arm, gazing at him lovingly and looking round for Hugo, who had installed himself in the darkest corner of the room, glowering. We disliked Hugo at once, descending as one into a chorus of judgment on the garden family. Kit, with every exquisite quality, and Hugo, well... Hope poured more wine and Maddie separated Kit out from the crowd, working like a sheepdog, nudging him gently down the beach toward our house. It's nicer than it looks, I heard her say, and he murmured something appreciative in return. Nicer than it looks. It looks amazing. There's tennis and swimming and sailing and horses up the road and fishing, and town's just a few miles away, though I don't suppose you drive. She trailed off, a bit stuck for where to go next. If I don't like it, I won't blame you, Kit said. And anyway, I've got monologues to learn for my Royal Academy audition, so I won't be bored. It's not usually boring, Maddie said. She sounded ridiculous, though it was perfectly possible that Garden Primo might find his life here insufferably dull. I suppose it depends what you're used to. And then, you're applying to Rada? That's so cool. They sat on the edge of the deck in front of our house, and I got a good look at Matty's betrothed. He had a touch of the ambisexual about him, but you can never be sure with actors. Something about the way he posed with his chin slightly tilted up for the camera gave the game away, as if he carefully studied the most advantageous angle for sitting. Your house is amazing, Kit said. It's been in the family forever, said Matty, swinging her legs. We hardly notice it. Alex stuck his head out from under the porch. You must be Kit. Yes, I am. Who must you be? Alex. Hauling himself free of the coral space, he straightened up, blinking in the sun and brushing the leaf mold and cobwebs off his arms and legs. Ow, he said, stretching his arms up and back. Cramp. What are you doing under there? Checking out the wildlife. He held up a small torch and shone it directly into Kit's eyes. Toads, newts, bugs, all sorts. I'm not very good at biology. It's not biology, Alex said with contempt. It's the world. Kit blinked. Matty now. Do you sail? A bit. Kit followed her eyes up the beach to where a small collection of masts swayed in the lagoon. It's tricky getting into the estuary, but you get used to it, she said. You've got to come in much closer than you'd think was safe. Matty swung her legs in circles. Kit looked interested. You'll have to take me. I've only sailed on the Pacific. It's different. A whole lot bigger, for one thing, Alex said, and disappeared again. We've been coming here for, like, generations, Matty said. There's lots of stuff that happens every summer. Near the end of August, Dad and Mal go on the big sail round the point. We're not allowed to go, because it's all about male bonding. But one year they nearly got cut in half by a ferry and another time the wind was so bad the mast broke. She paused. And there's a tennis tournament, which is really fun. It's all highly traditional. I like tennis, Kit said. Mal's the best player, but I'm pretty good too. Matty was pretty good. Not fabulous, but not too bad. We all played a version of kamikaze tennis that avoided rules and took into account the fact that the net sagged and there was no referee. Whoever argued best usually won the point. Down the beach, Hope rang a bell. Lunch was ready. We'd better go back, Maddie said. 
Be prepared for lunch with Florence, Kit said. She gets highly emotional at partings. Crying makes her feel like a good mother. Isn't she? Maddie asked. Kit laughed. You can so tell that Kit's going to be trouble already. That was Meg Rossoff reading exclusively for us here at the Literary Salon. If you'd like to discover this joyful summer read, The Great Gordon is published by Bloomsbury, yes, who also published me, and available now in all good bookshops. If you don't already have a go-to indie bookshop in your life, then we can recommend checking out the Salon's website uh, and finding our indie bookshop of the month, or you can always shop with us through our shop at bookshop.org. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon.